everybody. He's Sloth. I'm Mickey. She's Mama Fratelli. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Chunk. I'm Mouth. She's Andy. No, that ain't it either. We're back in studio, but we're not the Goonies. We're Viking Report through a Ted Drewster. How are you? Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. <laughs> I am Ted. I am good enough for you. It's good enough for me. It's So, so I have a confession to make. Oh no! Don't tell me you didn't watch it. I went to the petting zoo and I, I let the goat lick my penis. I have not ever seen the Goonies. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I mean, look, you didn't watch the right stuff for the longest time, and I was gonna sit down and watch it before we <laughs> taped the show, but game one of the Blues, Colorado Avalanche. Playoffs I don't want to be watching any more of those games, Ted. No, not after last night. Jordan Biddington stood on his head, uh, and the Blues still lost. Maybe a quick series? So I may be watching the Goonies earlier than I anticipated. Didn't start out real good at the box office for sales, but it became a real, real legendary movie. And I'm a little biased because my friend John Matuzak's in it. So because I'm a serious professional, and I do substantial <laughs> show prep. I'm a professional. I'm serious and I'm a professional. I was looking at the cast of the Goonies <laughs> and there are some I mean like Dude! those guys were big time in the 80s but some of those guys are still big time stars. The casting is crazy. Right. Sean Astin, Corey Feldman. Josh Brolin. Very young Josh Brolin. Yeah. The great yeah. Ann Ramsey. Evan! Evan! <laughs> yeah, the throw mama from the train lady. Yeah, Mama Fratelli, the great yeah. Dan Ramsey. The same guy that did that movie did, what was it? You can't get him wet at night. Those, uh, the Gremlins. 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 Same guy did Gremlins. Yeah, Steven Spielberg produced Yeah, Spielberg, but Christopher Columbus wrote it. Oh, okay. Not, not that Christopher Columbus, Ted. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if it was that Christopher Columbus, A, he's very old, but B, he adapted to the 20th century very well. Ruby, how are you doing? Are you, are you a big Goonies fan? Oh, yeah, of course. That was like right around the time I was, I think I was nine when it came out. Really? Yes. <laughs> Dude. Ted? Ted, I was 20 and you don't even want to know what I was doing. <laughs> well, it came out in 85. I was a senior in high school, so I'd have been 17, 18. 85, 1985. Yeah. I met Matuzak in 87 and he was dead by 89. So he was the sloth guy, right? Yeah, he played sloth. He was probably in 15 TV shows, too. A bunch of movies. He was in North Dallas 40. Yeah. He was a football player in that. And he was in the, we can't forget the great cinematic gem of our time, Caveman, with the theatrical legend Ringo Starr in Caveman with Barbara Bach. He was in that movie. Shut the front door, real. I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard of that movie. <laughs> Caveman. Yeah, he was in Caveman with Ringo Starr. And really? He told me at one time I had more fun doing that Goonies thing and sacking any quarterback in the NFL. Did he really? Even though it took him like six hours in makeup every day to put all yeah. that stuff together. He said the cast, the friends he made, everything. He was very proud of that time. More, more proud of that than he was any football thing he ever did. I had no idea until very recently John Matuzak was the sloth guy. Really? Really, yeah. You know, if you look at that scene when uh, he was fighting the Fratelli brothers, you could really see the size of John Matuzak. 
Haven't seen it. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's a mountain of a man, dude. Biggest guy I've ever hung out with or been around. Just a huge mountain of a dude, but equally big, a, a big a heart. And uh, I miss him every day. He was more interested in my life than I was about his. And he was like movie star, football player. That's pretty cool, man. You know, you always say, I want to be in a band. I want to I play. I want to play a guitar and be in a band. That's so cool. You do that. And I'm going, what? I mean, dude, you're in a movie. <laughs> you don't want to play a guitar. And look at the size of you, dude. You can't play guitar. Freaking King Kong playing foosball. <laughs> he was just using you to get drugs. Give me some drugs. No, no. You don't want drugs. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. When my car broke down, my car broke down once. I needed six or 800 bucks to fix it. And I was 22. And you didn't have money put aside to fix your car when you're 22. He here you go, get your car fixed. And I started thinking, well, I was a really nice guy. But I started thinking, I ran a lot of errands for John. So it's probably <laughs> important that I had a car. Errands. <laughs> that guy helped me out with so much. He would never ask for anything in return. He was just a very, very genuine dude. Well, speaking of genuine dudes, that would be you and I. And you and I are finally back in studio after what seems like about a six or eight month string of live TV shows. We got some new contests coming up. We're finalizing them and we're going to announce them on next week's show. We're also bringing back our fantasy football game. That'll be a contest. And we also have a new segment starting this week. It is our draft pick review and depth chart analysis segment. So what we're going to do, we kind of hinted at this earlier in earlier episodes. We're going to pick one player or players in a position group that were drafted this year. Drew's going to talk about them kind of like he did when we were doing our our draft breakdowns, and then we're going to kind of look at that player and see where he may or may not fit into the into the 2022 Vikings depth chart. We also got news. We also got trivia. But before we go any further, Drew? As the great Alan Shepard once said, Ted, I watched, I saw it. I saw it. The great Alan Shepard said, Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. (laughs) So don't you watch Vikings Report? Ted's always said, if you see the right stuff, I say no every week for a year. Well, I saw it two days ago. He finally watches, so now I'm obligated to watch the Goonies. I'm just going to say my turnaround on watching the Goonies is going to be a lot shorter than your turnaround on watching the right stuff. I'm just throwing that out there. I asked Ruby, can I do the truffle shuffle to start the show? And she said, if you do that, I am resigning. So I can't do it. (laughs) So Vikings news this week. I had a milestone birthday in Vikings lore yesterday. Harry P. Bud Grant, the greatest coach in Minnesota Vikings history, turned at 95 years young. First of all, happy birthday, Coach Grant. The memories you gave coaching some of those great, great Vikings teams of my youth are, are memories that I'll, I'll carry with me forever. I hope you have a wonderful day and many more years ahead of you. The greatest football coach of all time, yeah. Mr. Bud Grant. 95, Ted. What a gamer. Yeah. You know what? 95, you stick him on the sidelines with a headset on him, he'll still get you a win. That guy's I, I badass. Bet you, I bet you could still beat the Bears 27 to 10. He was, <laughs> you know, he was a first-round pick himself. 1950, first-round pick, 14th overall to the Eagles. And he was also a first-round pick in the NBA, I believe. Now, how many guys have done that for that time period? No, it was unheard of. 
And he played defensive end, led the Eagles to sacks his first year, and then switched to wide receiver. Now, how many guys do that? <laughs> you know, and it, it kind of irritates me about Grant is that whenever anybody outside the Vikings fandom bring up Bud Grant, first thing they think of is the Super Bowls. He was so much more than that. You said that you've never lost sleep over losing a Super Bowl. I do sleep. You know, I mean, I may anguish a little bit because you can't feel good about losing. But, you know, my life wouldn't be any different if we'd won four Super Bowls. I mean, I'd still be here. We'd still be doing this. and It wouldn't be any richer or anything like that. He had a tremendous run as Vikings coach. He had a tremendous run as a head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL. He won an NBA title playing for the Minneapolis Lakers with the great George Mikan back in the day. I mean, he's an accomplished hunter. He's an accomplished fisherman. Raised a family. I mean, he is just like this larger-than-life character. Larger-than-life character to me when I was a kid and still is to this day. Bud liked tough players who thrived under cruel conditions, yet harsh words were never part of his vocabulary. Overall, he had a plan. He got the players for that plan and goddamn executed that plan perfectly. He did. And, you know, it's hard for younger Vikings fans to imagine having a team that you expected to win week in and week out. You, you and I are Michigan and Ohio State fans, and we expect our team to win every week. It's just expected. Sure. It's not hoped for. It's not, well, maybe if this, that, and the other thing breaks their way, they can steal a win here. You expected the Minnesota Vikings to not only win, but win convincingly, win the division, and make a deep playoff run every single year. And they pretty much did, with the exception of maybe one or two under Bud Grant. Exactly right. When you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, Paul Krause or just people talking about their past history with the Vikings, Alan Page, everybody, it always starts out with, well, well Coach Grant wanted us to do this. And Coach Grant had a plan. And Coach mm -hmm. Grant wouldn't allow this. And Coach Grant, Coach Grant, Coach Grant. And it was always Coach Grant. Right up till now, it's Coach Grant. Because he was he was the coach. Yeah. He was a damn good one. And uh, happy 95th birthday to you, Bud Grant. So, kind of fast-forwarding to more modern times, the draft is over, Drew. The free agency period's pretty much over. They had rookie minicamp right after the draft. Yep. We're now on to the first OTA with the full team practicing. And, you know, I, I never really pay a whole lot of attention to these, but I, I think maybe it, it warrants a little bit more attention than in previous years since there's a brand-new coach, brand-new coaching staff. And kind of the, the big piece of information that I saw coming out of that was the battle for the offensive line. The offensive line has been a hot mess for the Vikings since 1987, I believe. You suck, you jackass. You know, the, you ever go bowling? I've done a lot of bowling. So it, it feels like it feels like the Vikings offensive line is trying to bowl with a square bowling ball for the last 10 years. A square bowling ball doesn't do you any good. What's the highest game you ever bowled? Oh, I'm not good. No, I, I mean, Dude. if I break 100, I consider it a successful game. My dad was a great bowler. He was in the league. He had trophies, everything. My old man could roll a bowling ball. Step aside, Pagliacci, whilst the captain warms up. <laughs> no oh, way. Yeah. Yeah, that's way. so cool. Yes, I never way. knew that. That's cool. You, you put him in his prime, and I would lay money on him over almost anybody. Over, like, uh, Earl Anthony? <laughs> I don't know about the pros. You put him in a beer league, he'll kick your ass 20 <laughs> times a night. 
strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is why I did it! That's number five! Are you kidding me? That's right! Who do you think you are? I am! Did Don Glover throw the curve? Did he throw the Yeah! Oh, yeah! Like, he had his own custom-made bowling ball and shoes? The whole nine yards. The man did not shrimp on his bowling attire at all. I did not know that. But getting back to the O-line, right now it looks like Jesse Davis and Chris Reed are going to be battling it out for the top job at the right guard spot. And they're still running Garrett Bradbury out at center. And it looks like he's going to be the guy. Early thoughts on on that. You happy, sad, indifferent. Do you even care anymore about the offensive line and talking about it? Because I, I don't. Don't care anymore. kind of almost don't i just gonna say look the old line's gonna suck until they don't you're funny dude that's kind of how i feel about the <sighs> whole thing I, you know what first thing that comes to mind is wyatt davis is this it? end of the line for big wyatt yeah is this it for him if it is it's gonna be a bigger mystery than uh bigfoot with uh, brett what's his name brett jones brett jones and bigfoot sasquatch jones because after watching wyatt davis and doing a draft right up to have me sit here and say that guy would never take a regular season snap in the NFL is beyond X-Files, Ted. I watched him play every game at Ohio State, and I guess I'm coming around to the fact he's just not very good. Is it injuries? Is it attitude? Is it a combination of both? Is it something that he was just so overrated, which I find kind of hard to believe he was overrated. I don't overrated. think he wants to play football anymore. He just doesn't want to play. Man, I don't know. Lawrence Fishburne's going to do a show on him on Unsolved Mysteries. Or <laughs> History's... Greatest Mysteries, or something. Lawrence Fishburne? Wasn't that Robert Stack? No, no, that's Unsolved Mysteries. History's Greatest Mysteries is Lawrence Fishburne. Is there anything Lawrence Fishburne hasn't been on? I mean... <laughs> no, he's been on everything. Just like your mom. Oh! I don't like that language. <laughs> this is for Quiet Wyatt. <laughs> It. <laughs> we're stupid we're so dumb there you go now we're off thank you for joining us now we're ready to rock episode 62 i don't know i don't know about the offensive line i just hope at this point get somebody at right guard everything else seems to be figured out the vikings aren't making anything public about being worried about garrett bradbury as far no. as i'm thinking that they think that that guy's the center maybe they have a plan for him like they figured out with brian allen on the rams maybe they have a plan for him to be better in the pass rush than he was on the Vikings. They don't seem to be worried about it. No, but but they're also hedging their bets because they didn't exercise his fifth-year option either. So I don't want to hear about J.C. Treader anymore. Stop with that noise. Stop. Shut up, Mel. Shut up, Mel. <laughs> J.C. Treader's thinking about the Vikings. I mean... And, like, the only other big news that I've seen out of the minicamp is Dalvin Cook's now wearing number four. Alexander Madison's wearing number two. Everybody's wearing dumb numbers. Like, whatever. <laughs> just get off my just get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Listen, old man, you don't want to fuck with me. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. There you go. Do you like these new numbers? You know, they can just wear any number they want to. The numbering system was fine. Why do we have to mess with the numbering system? I don't know. Maybe they could do decimal points and fractions. Dalvin Cook's gonna wear 4.7 next year. If Dalvin Cook 
gets another 500 yards rushing because he's number four, give him number four. That's all yeah. I care. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care what number somebody is. We'll follow him no matter what. That's pretty much the, the big news that's coming out of Vikings minicamp. Drewster, what do you want to talk about? We got we got an open schedule. Open schedule. Free agency is pretty much done. Yeah. The draft is done. Yeah. We're pretty much set with the roster and the coaching staff. Kwesi and Adofu going to basketball games together, having press call, all that. It's over with. Now you got to now you got to get down with it. Quasi and Adofu are the same guy. It's Quasi Adofu Quasi. Mecca and Kevin O'Connell. I would have known that had I used my brain. <laughs> Use your brain and your head and your mind. Quasi is the same as Adofu. Yeah, they're the same dude, man. We got what four months until kickoff? Yeah, hundred hundred. We have 113 days 13 from today. Days? Okay. 113 days from today. All you can hope for between now and 113 days is no injuries. Kind of how I yeah. see it. Yeah. I feel a lot better about this team right now than it did last year at this time. I'm not sure that the win total is going to be a whole lot different than it was last year. I think the talent is there to be substantially better. I just kind of wonder how the new coaching staff and the new systems on both sides of the ball, how quickly the team will pick that up. If they can pick it up pretty quick, I, I think the potential is there to be a a pretty solid football team. I mean, Dan Orlovsky has thinks, for example, the the Vikings are going to be a sneaky good playoff team. Peter King, who writes the Football Morning in America column, thinks the Vikings have kind of a sneaky chance to make a very deep playoff run. And I, I can see why people say that because, look, you've mentioned this. Even with the problems on offense last year, they were still a pretty good offense. I mean, and you take away, you know, baby Kubiak and the dysfunction of the, the, the last days of Zimmer and get a head coach that knows offense and won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, this offense could be special. And if the defense just gets to average, this is going to be a good football team. And that's my question. Can this defense get to average? That's the key to it all, Ted. It all starts here. When you're leading with two minutes to go, you got to win those football games. They mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't. Didn't hold on to a lot of leads, and I think the secondary is vastly improved. Honestly, you honestly think it's vastly improved? Oh yeah, yeah. If Booth becomes what I think he can become with 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 his versatility back there, and Lewis seen vastly improved in my book. I a lot okay. better, a lot better if they stay healthy. I think Dantzler is going to be twice the player he was last year because he's going into what his third year. Yeah. And in this system, this 3-4 system with Donatel, it doesn't lean as much on the on the corners, Ted. The Zimmer system leaned a lot on the corners as much as the pass rush. It, yeah. It, yeah. This system does not. I mean, you still have to have good corners, but they're not asked to do as much. You don't think the secondary is vastly improved? I think it's better. Patrick Peterson, I, we've talked about him. I think the Vikings secondary is better by having him on the team than if they had not re-signed him. I still don't think Patrick Peterson is the guy he was three or four years ago. We'll see if he can at least play to the level he did last year. Booth, the, the thing about rookies, and, and I, I think the Vikings got some have some good ones. It can be such a steep learning curve going from college to the NFL, especially at a position like cornerback. If Booth can sort of forget the bad plays and focus on the good plays and get that type of mentality, yeah, I think can be he can be pretty good. You put Seen and, and Harrison Smith in the secondary, even along with Cameron Bynum. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> well, you know what? Goni's helped Lopper's career tremendously also. That soundtrack she did yeah, made her a lot of money. Well, she must have pissed it all away because now she's hawking Propecia or whatever the heck it well, is. Well, you know right? what? You know <laughs> 
I got a ticket to see her in the late 80s. My God, dude. What a, what a voice. Good show. Oh, dude. She, she, her voice is like. Did she bop? She did she bop. She did all that. She did all that stuff, man. And she didn't look half bad up there either. She looked pretty all right. The secondary, let's not forget, the secondary is going to get a lot better because Zadarius Smith and Hunter are there. And I think that has a lot to do with, when I talk vastly improved, the pressure that Hunter and Zadarius Smith are going to be able to put on is going to help that secondary a lot. Now, the Vikings were up there in sacks last year. What were they, second or third as a team? Top five, yeah. Top five without Hunter, without Sedarius Smith. But conversely, that didn't seem to help the secondary because the secondary got burned repeatedly and bad. Because you had freaking Breland out there, Ted. <laughs> no, you know, I, my concern for the rookie, the, the corner rookie usually three years. Usually, usually you don't settle in for three years. I mean, some guys hit the scene running and they're ready to go, but uh, that does concern me. But I think the pass rush that we're going to be able to generate will help the secondary. And I don't know how anybody can have any complaints about this offense. When you consider oh. Zimmer and Kubiak were running it, we're going to change there. So I think a lot of people just look at the players. You Cousins, you know, Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Dalvin Cook. The plan of the scheme that comes in with that is huge with that. Changing over to O'Connell, Ted, is a big, it's big. First of all, that's what she said. And, just, <laughs> and speaking of offensive schemes, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. We're sorry. I'm, I'm, good night, folks. You know what? This has been the worst part about having three weeks off without studio shows. Right. Just hanging out with you, brother. So another nugget that came out about from these OTAs is it looks like the Vikings, at least early on, might be using Dalvin Cook more as a receiver, especially in wide receiver bunt sets, you know three guys off to one side or whatever. And that potentially could be an explosive dynamic for this offense because I don't remember the Vikings using Dalvin Cook as like a downfield guy. He was more as a receiver. He had a lot of yards receiving, but he was more of a, a safety valve, a guy, you know, get something in the flat, make a guy miss, and then you're in the secondary and you're, you're getting yards. Using Dalvin Cook as like another wide receiver, I'm really intrigued by that possibility. What is the alignment? Tight end and then two wide outs and Dalvin makes the third wide out? I think so. I, I didn't really see other than they were using Dalvin Cook in, in wide receiver bunch sets. So that could be something worth keeping an eye on. Dalvin Cook, you get him the ball however you get him the ball. Exactly. Just get him yeah. the freaking ball. Yeah. I think the Vikings offense is going to look a lot different. It's going to be a lot more efficient, and they're not going to lead the league in three and outs. And one thing you mentioned about Zedaria Smith and Daniil Hunter in the pass rush, I, I think we've mentioned this on previous episodes. Three years ago, because Daniil Hunter's had two season-ending injuries. Three years ago, Zedaria Smith and Daniil Hunter were one and two in the NFL in pressures. If those guys are those guys – Wow. You talk about pressure that opposing quarterbacks are going to be under, and you talked about the pass rush being the key. With an improved secondary and a lot more fierce, consistent pass rush, I like where this defense is headed. They still have a ways to go. They were bad last year. I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad this year as they were last year, but you see potential where, like, in 2020 and 2021, you're like, where are your playmakers on defense? Who, who are they? And now I, I think there are some. I think it, it all comes down to the health of the defense. Yeah. The depth is still worrisome. If those guys stay healthy all season, 
I'm picking up what you're putting down, Glover. Yeah? Like Don Glover throwing a solid 300. I'm picking up what you are putting down. I, I don't know if my dad ever bowled a perfect game. I never did ask him. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say he did. He could sling that he could sling the rock, man. Fifty three point three two kilometers an hour. Quite frankly, Ted, and I don't want to seem like a naive fan drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever. I'm not a Kool-Aid guy. I've been watching the Vikings fifty years and I'm usually the downer skeptical guy. I'm not feeling Super Bowl yet, but people that are gloomy, I don't see it at all. I mean, they've made a lot of changes with this yeah. team, and I'm, I agree. I'm excited about this season. I'm excited getting off to a fast start, and I'm excited for the middle of the, the schedule when there's a lot of challenges on there to see how they pull through. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, they didn't tear it down, and we're not looking at uh, three and 14 season. We're not. No, we're not. No. No, I don't think Too much talent. Too much talent for that. All right, so that's kind of where the state of the Vikings are right now as we head closer and closer to training camp. Right now, we're going to roll out our new segment. It's our draft pick review slash depth chart. And this week, we're going to start from our seventh round pick and move up all the way to our number one pick. Tonight, we're going to talk tight end Nick Muse, the Vikings seventh round pick, 227 overall from the University of South Carolina. I think I'm very versatile in the in the pass game. Uh, I feel like I can, uh, you know, run the routes needed to run, especially at this level. Um, and I feel like I can hold my own in the run game. So um, I feel I feel like I can do it both. Um, and I, I think I'm going to be ready for when the time comes. Uh, you know, and blocking people like uh, DJ Wanham, who is on the Vikings. Um, he played with me at South Carolina, so I've got experience against you know guys who play at this level. So. Just knowing that, and I feel like I can be a deep threat, and I can be a short game. You know, if you need me third and five, third and six, I can be a guy that they can rely on for the most part. When I got the call and I knew I was, you know, headed up to Minnesota, I felt, you know, I felt felt relieved that, you know, the call is there. But, you know, uh, the draft is just a perception, and playing on Sundays is the real reality. So um, when you see it that way, you know that, you know, the job's not finished. You got to go in there and you got to compete to be a guy, and whether it's on special teams or – you know, being one of the top tight ends for the team, that's that's what I'm going to do. Drew, what are your thoughts on young Mr. Muse? I like the draft pick. I think we needed a tight end, and it went along the line. It was, we were running out of time, and I was thinking, we're not going to get a tight end. We lost Conklin. We need a tight end. Seventh-round pick. I love the guy's size, 6'5", 250, Ted. He's probably the biggest tight end I think we have. His brother, Tanner, was a third-round pick in 2020 by the Raiders. Really? And Nick Muse, when he was in high school, was a linebacker, two-time state player of the year at linebacker, defensive player of the year. For two years in a row, he started out at South Point High School in North Carolina. Same high school as wide receiver Corin Robinson, the great Viking Corin Robinson. They went to the same high school. He played linebacker and he played tight end, two-time player of the year as a linebacker. And then he attended William & Mary right out of college. He, he had a lot of good production at William & Mary, but, you know, William & Mary is there a 17 and 18, he was a freshman, 17. William and Mary transferred to South Carolina. And he's one of those rare guys, Ted, that ended up getting five years of college eligibility without a red shirt. You know, 11 catches, 222 yards, 20 catches, 222 yards, and two touchdowns. You know, they're not really eye-popping off the charts, but South Carolina was switching quarterbacks every week. Their offense was just dismal. It'd be hard for anybody to survive in the South Carolina offense. So what do you like about him? I like the fact that he's kind of a Stu Voigt type. 
He's kind of a short to mid-range kind of tight end. He's not going to like juke people out to get open. He's going to have to use more of his route running ability to get open. Is he going to go to prison for securities fraud in the future? (laughs) Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence. I mean, I just want to know. I mean, might want to cut him now and and save all the pain and agony if that's going to be the case. Stu, if you're watching, we kid because we care. Whatever that saying is. I, I hope not, Ted. The part that you got to like about him is he's a he's a solid short to midterm tight end receiving wise. He's a very smart player. He's got a lot of experience. He played on both sides of the ball. So being a linebacker, he kind of knows how linebackers are looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps if you played on both sides of the ball. He's not much of a blocker, Ted, and that may wash him out of the league. I'm not saying he's a terrible blocker, but he is not very explosive off the line of scrimmage. As a tight end, he's got so many other solid areas that you can work with. I think he does have a future. I think they want to turn him into Tyler Conklin. I do. Okay. Every door is open for that. You look at the Vikings depth chart, I think is very muddled after Irv Smith Jr. Assuming he comes back healthy, he'll be your top guy. Behind him, you've got the key free agency signing of the offseason, Johnny Munt. Then you've got Zach Davidson, <laughs> Ben Ellison, and young Mr. Muse. And I'll point out to you, Ted, we got five tight ends on this roster, right? Yes. Totaling 13 years of NFL experience. That's wow. it. That's it? That's it. Uh, Munt and Irv Smith control nine of those years. So out of the other three guys, there's only four years of NFL experience. The Vikings are extremely young at tight end, extremely young. You look at Munt's numbers, he's no receiver. He's a blocker. Yeah. Well, I mean, they need a blocking tight end, though, too. They do, and he's a better blocker than Muse. It's just a fact that what would you rather teach you guy, blocking or receiving for your tight end? Yeah. I would think in the O'Connell offense, you'd want more of a pass-catching tight end. Right. But you're not going to bring Johnny Munt over and then cut him. Are they going to hold three on the starting roster? I think it kind of depends on what they're going to do with C.J. Ham. If they're going to use C.J. Ham, I'm thinking three. Maybe four. I mean, and and you figure Irv Smith Jr. and Munt are probably close to being locks for the roster. So that leaves maybe one or two spots between Davidson, Ellison, and Muse. Exactly how I look at it. Yeah. Do you see Muse either beating out Davidson or Ellison this year? I think it's an equal race all the way on there because they got, you know, Ellison's certainly got the experience and he's got some size as well. And he's a really good tight end himself. I think it's a pretty much even going right into it. I mean, the fact that DJ Wanham's probably speaking up for Muse because they played together at South Carolina. Matter of fact, Muse's best friend on South Carolina mm-hmm. is DJ Wanham's younger brother, Dylan Wanham. Really? Yeah, Dylan Wanham and Nick Muse were like their best friends at South Carolina. Dylan Wanham is a really, re- really good offensive tackle who's coming up through the ranks. He'll be having his senior year there at South Carolina. But Dylan Wanham will be a guy we can look at next year during our draft roundup. Comes to the Wanham family, they'll be speaking up for Nick Muse. Like I said, the blocking stuff, it's going to be a work in progress. If he doesn't work out as a blocker, he probably won't work out at all. So do you think he's a good candidate for the practice squad then? Yes. Him, Ellison, and Davidson. Man, that is a three-way race to see who gets that third spot. And if you figure Irv Smith Jr. is going to be the Tyler Higby role, Munt is probably going to just reprise his role from what he did in, with the Rams. Although they talked about him being more involved in, in catching the ball, becoming like a Tyler Conklin type. I hope he makes it, but I'm looking at this roster of tight ends, and I'm, man, I'm thinking 
barring an injury or something, he's going to have a hard time leapfrogging Ellison and Davidson to, to get that third spot. But that that's just me. If he can't pick up the blocking, he's going to be limiting his downs, which means he limits his play. And if you don't play, you end up like Sloth eating the baby Ruth. I'm going to throw it to you, okay? Last thing, do you think Nick Muse will make the final 53-man roster, yes or no? I hate doing this because all the guys we predicted last year didn't make it. <laughs> I am going to say he does not make the final 53. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say no. Does he make it onto the practice squad? Yes. I'm going to say no to the roster, yes to the practice squad. So we are both no, yes to practice squad. I think the potential is there for him. I I, I think he's a Tyler Conklin type. In Hello? He froze. Ted, 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 Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, he, he's a Tyler Conklin type. I just don't think he's going to be that guy this year. All right, so that, that'll do it for our, our tight end segment. And because we do such serious professional show prep, I can tell you right off the top of my head oh. that next week we'll be doing wide receiver Jalen Naylor. <laughs> Naylor? I, damn, I barely touched her. Minor, I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, we're so dumb. What is wrong with us? Oh, listen, Dad, there's a part in Goonies <laughs> where the mom brings home the Spanish housekeeper. I would really like the house clean when they tear it down. Clark, can you translate? Si no hace buen trabajo, será encerrada aquí con las cucarachas por dos semanas sin agua y sin comida. Okay, Rosie? Okay? You're going to be very happy here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> see it, dude. It's, it's so good. All right. So next week, we'll talk about the, the, the young kid from Michigan State, Jalen Naylor, wide receiver, depth chart. For now, we're going to go to a commercial. We'll come back with Tunes' Trivia, and we'll wrap the show up. Oh, my God. I forgot all this. Poor John. What an early death. What a sweet, gentle lion. You've heard the story about John when it took hours to put this makeup on. And when we did the sequence in the water, when they first see the ship, and I said to the kids, whatever you do, don't get John's makeup wet, because if you do, it's going to get ruined. And they said, oh, don't worry, we won't. They jumped in the water and ran right out. Here, this guy had been in the makeup for five hours, never said a thing. Wow. He said, do I have to do this again? I said, I'm afraid. And I think he'd kill the kids. Oh, my God, look at this. Look at that eye that we had to put in, that, that the slanting eye. And, Oh, gosh, this process is extraordinary. Poor John. He died so young. Look at, look at the smile. It's that smile comes through. This was a sweet, gentle giant. Scary as hell. Even scary to me. But put his arm around you. And it was like, wow. You know, wow. I'm flying. <laughs>
Welcome to <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Toots' Trivia. How you guys doing? Oh, if I was any better, I'd be against the law, Toots. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good enough, man. Goonies, man. Oh. Let's go. All right. <laughs> this week, we have the Goonies, Nick Muse, Famous Nicks, and You Are My Muse. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do we have to get to win? We have to get 20? Wait, there's only 16. You can't get 20. Uh, let's say 12. Okay. Does that work? All right. Now, since Ted hasn't seen the Goonies, we're going to have to depend on you completely, Drew, for this first category. That's not scary at all. Depend on me? Ugh. So, you're going to see a picture of a character in the Goonies, and you just have to name that character. Not the actor, but the actual name of the character. Okay. Ready? Okay. Name the character. Uh, Martha Plimpton was the actress. I can't remember her name. Stephanie. Yes! Oh! <laughs> Good job! Wow. That was a Very cool. All right. Name this character. Oh, that was the that was the guy that was a total dick to him. That rich kid. I can't remember his name. Clive or something. I don't know. I... His name was Troy. Close. Yeah, Clive, Troy, totally on the same wavelength there. All right, 300. Name the character. Esmeralda! Esmeralda? Oh, Drew, we just watched this last night, didn't we? Guadalupe? Rosalita! Rosalita. Can Guadalupe count for Rosalita? No. All right, last one. Name the character. The mom! All right, we'll give it to you. It is the mom. I'll be nice. All right, here we go. What is the name of his brother? Tanner. That is correct. Drafted by the Raiders. See, Ted, doing homework pays off here, Vikings Report. <laughs> yes, it does. 200, what school did he transfer to South Carolina from? William and Mary! <laughs> Ted! <laughs> Good job! <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. All right. Doobies rolling. Muse will once again be teammates with which Vikings defensive end? Ted? DJ Wadham. <gasps> How did you know that? I do serious show prep every week. <laughs> All right. Last one. Why did we pick a guy who does this? That's him. That is our pick right there. Okay. He's getting cut. Yeah. I, I, I was I was a no on the roster and a yes on the practice squad. I am now a no and a no. <laughs> what? What the hell's going on? <laughs> I didn't even know what to say about that one. Got to answer, chances. All right. Now. Famous Nicks that are not named Nick Muse. You're going to see right. a picture. Tell me who it is. Eddie Van Smitty. Here we go. Name the Nick. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Jesus. Yes. What the hell's wrong with Nick Nolte? Nick Nolte looking hot. Uh, well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's 31 and he's a Vikings fan. Okay. Is he really a Vikings fan? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I was going to say that's the problem then. All right. For 200. Name the Nick. Oh, hey. Um, give us give us a uh, audio hint. We'll try to guess it. This was the guy from Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson. Oh, Nick Offerman. Yes. Okay. I don't know why it. that didn't come up. That's really weird. All right. That's what she said. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you would have got it anyway, so. All right. For 300. Name the Nick. Oh, uh, Nick Lachey. Very good. Ted knows his boy bands. Didn't he pour the coals to Jessica Simpson? He did. They were married. 
All right, name the Nick. Uh, Ted, I need a lot of help on this one. I, I don't know this one. Nick Smith. Nick Cannon. What? What? What has he been in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know he's. I know he's famous, but I have no idea what he. <laughs> what for? <laughs> Note to self: Google Nick Cannon. All right. You are my muse. This category is about Viking players that are or have been motivational to other people. Okay. For 100. This motivational speaker played for the Vikings from 79 to 85. Keith Nord. Yes. Very good. Well done, Drew. I wasn't sure if you guys were going to get that one. Very good. Come on now. All right. This former Viking has received multiple awards judging the impact he has made on the lives of children throughout the nation. Alan Page. Alan Page. Yeah. Correct. Good job. Bling, bling. For 300. This former Viking and Christian motivational speaker uses his challenges with substance abuse to speak at engagements. Chris Carter, maybe? Yeah. That is correct. Hey, hey, what school did Chris Carter go to? Why every <laughs> week? Why? Why is it? Hey, what, what school did this guy go to? Oh, here we go. This former University of Michigan great spoke on behalf of Sports Illustrated Nissan Heisman Tour. Steve Hutchinson. Nah, that, no, that, uh, Heisman. Uh, Charles Woodson. He never played for the Vikings. Never played for the Vikings. Anthony Carter, maybe? Yeah, there we go. Okay, Drew. That's not acceptable. What? You couldn't get the Michigan guy? No, I could. I wanted Ted to answer just so it could rub salt in the wounds with the Buckeye. <laughs> All right, you guys win. Thank you for playing. We'll see you next week. Good Thanks, Ruby. Thank you, Tunes. Another great trivia. Awesome as always. Buddy, we got to end this show because my sides are hurting from laughing too hard. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. This is a good show, though, right? I, show. I hope so. I hope the people like it. Speaking of the people, we just went over 9,000 subscribers, man. Can you believe that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. When we started doing this show, I, I, I really didn't know what to expect other than we'd probably have a good time doing it. Even my wildest expectations, I didn't expect 9,000 subscribers inside of 18 months. So thank you. For those of you that watch, subscribe. If you're just tuning in now, like, subscribe, uh, ring the bell, ding, ding, ding. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I hope you'll come back. I hope you like uh, what you see and then you come back for more. Happy birthday, Bud Grant. Thanks, yeah. Drew. Thanks, Ruby, for all the things you did. Nick Muse, take better pictures. And we will try to do better the next time Drewster take us home. So, so good to be back in the studio with you, Ted. Thanks to everybody for tuning in for episode 62. We're going to put a bow on it. Ruby, thanks for that awesome trivia and producing this great show. Donnie <laughs> Matusak, you are a great, great person. It's fun talking Vikings, getting back into it. We got a lot of stuff ahead, Ted. We got contests. We, we got do. new contests we're going to talk about next week. And then we got yep. our usual contests coming up. Ted, thank you for being a great host and making me crack up all the time. That's about all we got. We're going to see everybody next week, next Saturday for another show. Thank you and say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Good enough. <laughs> hey, kid, I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. 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 Okay, I'll talk. In third grade, I cheated on my history exam. In fourth grade, I stole my uncle Max's toupee and I glued it on my face when I played Moses in my Hebrew school play. In fifth grade, I knocked my sister Edie down the stairs and 
I blamed it on the Chevy to a summer camp for fat kids. And then once during lunch, I got nuts, and I pigged out, and they kicked me out. But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home, and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, then I made a noise like this. Blech! <laughs>